Amen. Well, it's uh, wonderful to be with you today. Uh, I'm coming from my home uh, here in Hong Kong to your home. Uh, and because I am at home, this is super authentic in the sense that um, there's a bunch of construction happening in my building right now. So if during uh, my talk with you, you hear this random noise in the background, uh, well, it just makes it more like Hong Kong as we truly know it, right? Um, and today we start a brand new sermon series. This is the unfinished story. It's a study in the book of Acts. And, I, and I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about it because uh, this series is designed to really help us to understand what, what we've been discerning as a leadership uh, that God's heart is for the vine in this season in 2022. In fact, uh, just uh, towards the end of 2021, I actually spent some dedicated time in prayer and in retreat uh, just asking God, what is it that you really want the vine to focus on in 2022? Uh, and, you know, uh, 2021 was a hard year, wasn't it? And I think we were all hoping uh, that 2022 would be better. Uh, and that is the irony of all ironies, because now we're in the middle of this fifth wave. It continues to roll over us. Uh, and there's a lot of uncertainty in our city right now. I'm having to do church uh, literally from my living room. And this is the kind of place that we're living in in 2022. And interestingly, as I was praying at the end of last year for this year, I didn't sense that God was going to remove our circumstances or situations. I didn't think that this whole thing would suddenly be miraculously better. The thing that I got as I prayed time and time again was just a resolute conviction that this is the hour for the gospel for Hong Kong, that this is our time to reach out with Jesus to a broken, hurting, and lost city like never before. And I just felt time and time again as I came into prayer, God was saying, rise up an army of believers to go out into the city and to share the hope of Jesus. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, um, this is a massive need in Hong Kong right now. And you know, church history has shown us that in a time of turmoil, in a time of challenge, it is always God's church that rises up. It grows. It flourishes in times that are hard. And I believe that if the church can really grab a hold of this in this time, uh, I think we can really see some inroads for the gospel in our city like never before. I don't know if you saw the article in the SCMP this week, but there was an article about how young people in Hong Kong are really struggling right now and are reaching out to fortune tellers, uh, reaching out to new age philosophies and uh, reaching reaching out for spiritual mediums to help tell their future, to help uh, give them a sense of hope. And as I read that article, my heart was broken, you know, broken for our city, broken for people that are looking for help in all the wrong places, but also a, a, a sense of excitement in me that, that actually this is really what's happening, that people in our city do want answers. And they're looking for those answers beyond themselves, beyond what's happening in their circumstances, beyond what the government can do. They're looking for those answers spiritually. And I think this opens up for us the chance as the church in Hong Kong to really bring the gospel to people. And I think when we do this, we realize that we offer the world an alternative story, a different story to what everybody is hearing from the press, from the media, from their conversations with their friends. The Christian story is a different story about how the world works, about how the world plays out. And it's a story that is relevant for this time. And I, and I think a new story is what our city truly needs. And, and the thing that fascinates me about the Christian story is that it's not just a new or an alternative or a different story. 
but it's actually what I would call an unfinished story. In other words, it's a story that's still working its way out in the world right here and right now. And yes, we know in Jesus we have his death and resurrection. Yes, we know when he returns again, he'll put everything right and we'll have this place of shalom as we see in Revelation 21 and 22. So in a way, we know the end of the story, but there's many chapters of that story that still need to be written. That's why it is this idea of an unfinished story. And the thing that excites me for 2022 for the vine, despite all of this fifth wave and everything that's happening, is that we get the chance now to write the new chapter for Hong Kong, the part of God's unfinished story for this city. And I believe we can get a hold of this. Our hearts can really change and we can really lean into the opportunity that is before us. You know, as I was praying for uh, this time and for 2022, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit led me back to the book of Philippians, that book that we studied last year in our Alternative Society series. And, and I was led to a passage in uh, the second chapter there. Uh, was, that was one that we actually looked at in that series. But as I read it again, I saw something a little bit different. Let me read this to us. Um, it's found in Philippians 2, and it's going to be starting in verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. I think there's been a lot of complaining, a lot of arguing for all of us lately, myself included. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold firmly the word of life. As we shine like stars in the universe, right now, Hong Kong seems quite dark. We have this opportunity to shine like stars. How do we do it? Well, Paul says here, as we hold firmly to the word of life. Now, this word firmly that Paul chooses here is actually a rare word in the Greek. It, in Greek, it's apetia. And apetia is a very rarely used word. And interestingly, it means two quite different things depending on how you want to translate it. It either means holding something firmly, or it means holding something forth, like openly and outward. And, and scholars have debated for years which of these two Paul meant in this passage. But I actually think Paul meant both. I think when he was talking about the word of life, and that's a unique phrase for Paul. He doesn't use that in many other places. It's really his way of talking about the gospel, this life that we have in the death and resurrection of Jesus and the word, the truth of that life, the gospel. He's basically saying we shine like stars when we take the gospel and we do both these things. First of all, we hold firm to it. And second of all, we hold it out towards others. The one side of a petio is this idea of steadfastness, holding firm. Literally, it means to hold your position or hold your gaze. So I think what Paul's saying to the first century church is, look, I understand persecution's hard. Look, I understand that there's a lot of things that are happening right now. We are to hold firm, steadfast, hold our gaze on the gospel, hold on to it in these times. When everything else is shaking, we hold on to the thing that remains. And I think that's a word for us here at The Vine in 2022. And I think this year and beyond, things are going to shake even more for us, not just with this pandemic, but with everything that's happening in our city. And we need that resolute, firmly holding on to the word of life. The gospel needs to be our rock. We have to hold on to it, hold our position, hold our gaze towards it. And we're going to be talking a lot both in this series and throughout the rest of this year what it means for us to find a steadfastness in the gospel for an hour like this. 
But that Greek word also means an invitation to hold forward. Another way of saying it is to hold out something as an offer to another or, or to give somebody something. And so Paul is also saying, you know, the word of life, the gospel is not just for us Christians to hold tightly to. It's actually also for us to hold out as an invitation towards others. It is the word of life, not just for us, but for all people. And so when Paul uses this rare Greek word, he's trying to capture both of these challenges to the church. And I think this is exactly God's challenge to us in 2022. Paul was saying to the church in first century, it's all about steadfastness and it's all about invitation. In other words, it's about our discipleship in the gospel and it's, a, it's about our evangelism, offering that outwards. And that's exactly what I sensed in prayer at the end of last year that God was saying about the vine in 2022. It needs to be all about discipleship, us rooting ourselves, becoming big people in Christ Jesus as our vision says. But it's also about holding out, holding forth this word of life, evangelizing to those around us. And if we can stay steadfast in the gospel, when everything shakes around us, we can be seen to be stable and in control and in faith. And that is attractive to people. That means we have something to offer what the SCMP talked about this week with all those young people wanting to seek mediums and spiritual advisors. We have the opportunity to offer that because we're rooted in the gospel ourselves. So discipleship and evangelism is what this year is all about for us. And what better way to look into that than to study the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a gift to us in scripture because it shows us the first century church doing this very thing. It shows us uh, how they rooted themselves in the gospel despite the persecution that was in and around them in the Greek Roman Empire. But of course, it also shows us them holding forth that gospel and sharing it in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and eventually to the ends of the earth. And so what we're going to do over the next 11 weeks is we're going to study the book of Acts. And we're going to look at it uh, and go through each of the chapters as we go. And we're going to be pulling out stories and themes of steadfastness, rooting ourselves down in the gospel, and stories and themes of how they evangelized and shared the gospel. And my prayer is as we look at the book of Acts, we would be inspired not to become like the first century church, but be inspired to be the 21st century modern church that God's called us to be here in Hong Kong, but taking the principles of steadfastness, the principles of invitation, and interpreting those in our way for this moment and this hour. And I believe if we can do that, we truly can offer an unfinished story and invite Hong Kong to write a new chapter of that story. God is passionate about seeing people come to Christ. And we heard earlier uh, our Alpha invitation, and that's something that we want to pivot our hearts towards uh, through this series, rooting ourselves in the gospel and offering it outwards to others. To help us start that journey today, I'm just going to very briefly share with us out of Acts chapter 1. Funnily enough, we're starting a book on Acts or a whole series on Acts. We're going to go to Acts chapter 1 and I want to read to us the first eight verses. And then I want to unpack a couple of things in here that I think will help you to just pivot your heart towards what the theme and the focus of 2022 is all about for us as a church. So let me read this to us, Acts 1, first eight verses. This is Luke writing. He says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. 
After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and women and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, on one occasion, while he was actually eating with them, this is Jesus in his resurrected body, um, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is Jesus in his resurrected form, and he's just about to ascend to his Father, and the disciples are gathered together. And the disciples are excited. And here's why they are excited. Because they know that Jesus is the Messiah. And their Jewish culture and teaching had taught them that when the Messiah comes, then the Messiah will do two things. He will get rid of the Romans forever and he will get rid of sin forever. And when he does that, it would be the consummation of the kingdom of God. And so as they're gathered at this meal with Jesus in his resurrected form, they know that the end is really here. This is an end that they'd longed for for a long time, the Jewish people. They had so prayed and believed that God would come and liberate them from the Romans and liberate them from sin. And the disciples believed that this was that moment. The end was here. And so they lean into him and they ask him that question. Is it now, Jesus, that you're going to restore the kingdom of God? In other words, are you going to do what we've longed hoped for? banish the Romans, get rid of our sin, and save us and release the Jewish people into a time of shalom and flourishing. The disciples believed that this was the end and they were excited about it. And Jesus changes everything because he's about to tell them two things. First of all, what you think is an end is actually just the beginning. And second of all, this is not just for you. It's actually for all the people of the world. And, and so he draws next to them in this passage as they've asked him this question over a meal. And Jesus begins to shift their expectations. And he begins to say, there is a change that is coming. And what you thought was an end point. You think I'm going to consummate the kingdom right now? I'm not going to consummate the kingdom. I'm actually about to release you into that kingdom like never before. I, I think this is Jesus understanding where the disciples were at. They, they wanted to get rid of the mess around them, the Romans and sin. They were so tired of that mess. And they saw Jesus in the resurrection and they were like, well, surely now is the time that he's finally going to change everything. But Jesus doesn't do that because Jesus looks into the world and he says, yeah, I see the mess, but I see millions of people that still need to know about the gospel. Millions of people that still need to know about the kingdom of God. And if I liberate you now, I'm just liberating a small group of people when my heart is turned towards everyone. And so what the disciples thought was the end for Jesus was actually just the beginning. I want you to pause and think about that for a second. And I want you to think about your own life. 
I think this is so often the nature of God. I know, I know for me personally, there are many times where I think I'm at the end of something. I'm at the end of my life. I'm at the end of a frustration. I'm at the end of, of this thing that's been going on. I can't take it anymore. I can't handle it anymore. I, I felt that way in the last month. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, there's been times where I'm like, Jesus, just come home now. Like, Jesus, I want you to come and end all this stuff right now because this is all just too much. But it's God's nature to turn our endings into his beginnings. And that's a word for someone watching this right now. You feel like you're at the end of yourself, but your ending point is actually just the start of a new journey for God. Our endings, God turns into his new beginnings. And God comes to the disciples in this moment and he says, no, I'm not going to actually remove you from the mess. I'm going to be with you in the mess, helping to protect you. But I'm actually going to now send you out into that mess to be able to bring the gospel. The only thing that can help people in the midst of what they're going through. Your ending is just my beginning. And there's so much ahead. See, the disciples are looking for a consummation. Jesus gave them a mission. And that mission would completely change everything for them. And I believe that this is what God is doing for the church in Hong Kong right now. He's releasing a new mission. It's not the end for our city. It's not the end for us. There's a new beginning and it starts now. I wanna read you just verse eight again. Because in verse 8, we see God, uh, Jesus, start this new beginning with some very important words. And I think these will be encouraging to us today. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I want you to realize this, that when God takes you from an ending to a beginning, he doesn't ask you to do it in your own strength. No, he will always empower you for the new mission. And that's the first thing he says to the disciples. You don't need to go into the new beginning on your own. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. I know you're worn out. I know you're, la- you're, you're dreaming for the end, but you're actually just about to start a new journey. And don't worry, I know you're tired. I'm gonna give you power. I'm gonna give you a spirit. I'm gonna pour my heart into you, my love into you, my passion into you. And you're gonna be able to do this new mission, not in your own strength, but in my strength. And again, that's a word for somebody watching this right now. You're like, really a new beginning? I'm exhausted. God knows that and he comes to you. And I believe that the importance of the Holy Spirit for this hour of the church in Hong Kong is like never before. We should be constantly praying for the Holy Spirit, asking the Spirit to come into us and to change our lives. That's what's happened here. And that's what needs to happen for us at the Vine and for our church here in the city. Now notice what happens after this. He says, my Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be my witnesses. The you there is not singular, it's plural. This is Jesus talking about the disciples as a collective group. And he's saying, I'm not asking you to do this in your own strength, but I'm also not asking you to do this alone. The mission I'm releasing you into is a corporate mission, a collective mission. It's for the gathering of God's people. It's for you to work together with others around you. It is you to do this with a passion and with a heart. I'm not sending you out alone and lonely and exhausted. I'm filling you with my spirit and I'm sending you out as a team. This is him talking about the birth of the church. The disciples were yet to fully understand the church would start in this moment. 
But this is what Jesus is saying. I'm sending you out, not on your own, but you're going to be this incredible church. And that church is still the heartbeat. That collective gathering of people is still the heartbeat of what God does on the earth. I believe that the hope of every city is not in all the answers that come from all of the uh, stuff that's around us. The hope of any city is found in the local church. It's found in the collective gathering of the you of Jesus. And you're a part of that. If you're here at the Vine and this is your church, you're a part of that. And we're excited that we get to do this together. Notice what he does next. He then says, you will be my witnesses. I love this. Jesus sends them out in the power of the Spirit as a collective group to be my witnesses. In other words, you're not going out to be your witness. This is not your mission. It's my mission, Jesus is telling them. This is not for you to go out and do your thing. It's actually for you to be sent out with my thing. The thing that is what is at the heart of all the world, the gospel. That's Jesus's mission. And he calls us, sweeps us up to be a part of it. And this is the problem. I think so many Christians, myself included at times, we have our mission and we ask Jesus to join it. You know, and that mission might be a good thing. Our mission might be to, to, to run a better business. It might be to be more ethical. It might, to, might be to have better consuming uh, standards in our lives so that we're more just with people around us. Our missions can be good things, but a mission that is ours, that has us at the center of it, is not Jesus's mission. That's just us doing some good things, hoping that Jesus is going to bless it. I want to speak this out because I think there's some people watching this right now where this is going to resonate. You know that actually you're the center of your mission. You know that what you're doing actually is about you and you're just trying to ask Jesus to bless what you're doing. There's a profound thing that happens for the disciples right here at the start of Acts. Jesus says it's not actually about you. It's about me. It's about the gospel. And I can use you and I will bless you. And yes, I will be with you. But I'm sending you out not on your mission that I'll join. I'm sending you out on my mission that I'm inviting you to be a part of. And maybe that's a shift or a change for some of us watching this today. That you just need to let go of you being in the center of your life and just invite Jesus to be there again. Life is an adventure of running after Jesus, not an adventure of asking Jesus to run after us. You will be my witnesses, he says. And then that's the final thing. He says, you're going to be my witnesses. I love this idea. We're witnesses of Jesus. In other words, we're not witnessing to ourselves again. We're not witnessing even to our churches, if you will. We're not witnessing to the ethical practices that we have or the good heart that we have. We're witnessing to Jesus. The actual Greek word here means two things. It means to demonstrate and declare. That's what the witness idea, it has Old Testament roots in a legal system that we are a witness that demonstrates and declares Jesus, not ourselves. And the reason why this is important is because I think what Paul's trying to communicate, oh sorry, what Luke in Acts here, uh, writing through and what Jesus is saying through Luke, what he's trying to communicate is this. That the witness that you have is not a theology. Your witness is not a style. Your witness is not some doctrine. Your witness is Jesus. It's me. It's your relationship with me. You will demonstrate and declare that you are my disciples, that we're in relationship together. In other words, what you hold forth as the gospel 
is not a theory, it's relationship. And you invite people into that relationship with Jesus. You invite them into the relationship of the community of the church. That's the joy of what we get to do. You will be my witnesses, witnessing to that relational dynamic that we have together. Witnesses to the wonder of what it has been for you to be transformed by the power of my spirit in your life. Witnesses of the intimacy that you have in the courage that I fill you with and the hope that I place upon you. See, history, notice this, I want you to listen to this. History has not been written by amazing men and women. History has been written by God. A God who uses the improbable in the absolutely unexpected to do the impossible. That's our God. It's not men and women who have been brilliant that have shaped history. God has shaped history using improbable men and women in uncompromising and unpromising situations to actually do the impossible for him. Because we are empowered by his spirit. We are doing it together. We are doing it for him, not doing our thing. We're doing his thing. And we are demonstrating and declaring our intimacy with him, our relationship with him. And as we do that, we become those disciples that are rooted in the gospel and holding it out. We become like what Paul would say to the church in Philippi, that we are firm with what we believe and we invite people into that belief. That's 2022 for the vine. That's what the next 11 weeks of this sermon series is going to be all about. We're going to unpack this idea of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes, what happens when we do it together, what happens when we put Jesus in the center of it, and what happens when we declare our intimate relationship with him. When we take those four elements and we begin to truly live them out in the Hong Kong of today, I believe that's where transformation will come. It's God that will shape the history of this city. But what a joy it is that we get to join him in that shaping by being his hands and feet in the here and now. May we as the vine hold firm to the gospel and hold it out as an invitation like never before. Let me pray for us right now. Father, I'm just so grateful for this moment. So grateful for the church gathered in this way together today. And Lord, as we start this unfinished story, this new study in the book of Acts over the next 11 weeks, I want to pray, Lord, that you would challenge us with where we're at in this story right now. Lord, you say that it is our relationship with you that we offer the world. Lord, how is our relationship with you? I pray right now you would come and search our hearts, Lord. You would come and speak to our spirits by your name. Lord, I want to pray for that Holy Spirit that you promised the disciples in this moment. You said, I'm not sending you out in your own strength. I'm sending you out by my spirit. And Lord, I know even just this past week, I've needed to rely on your spirit more and more. I've needed a touch of your spirit more and more. And so I pray that for each one of us watching right now. I ask Holy Spirit that you would fall on families, on homes and individuals by your power in this time. You would strengthen the weak, not in our own incredible power but in the power that comes from your spirit. And Lord, we just pray that we would get to be these combined, unified, together witnesses, that you would strengthen our community, even though church is done differently now, even though we're online mostly. Father, we still can know the cohesive unity that comes in the power of your spirit, even in this moment, in the here and now. 
And so, Lord, as we enter into this journey of Acts, uh, we put our city before you. We pray for Hong Kong. We pray for our leaders here. We pray for this fifth wave and everything that's happening. And Lord, I pray for the church. I pray that the vine would rise up in this time, holding firmly to the word of life and holding forth that word as an invitation to many. And Lord, I pray you would do this for all churches in our city, uh, that we would see that this is the hour for a new beginning. Lord, would you forgive us where we've longed for the end? Lord, would you forgive us where we thought we were at an end? Lord, no, this is just the start of something that is significant in this here and now. Would your spirit flow on your church? Would you give us hope again? And would you send us out? We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everyone says, Amen.